Hello everybody and welcome back to the Goo Goo Podcast as United slumped to a 3-2 defeat at the Emirates. So joining me today is Chris Nugent, who's back on the show, who's obviously an Ed fan. Welcome, Chris. How's it going, Kyle? How you going? Not so good. Um, Connor's joining us today, who's an Arsenal fan. He's one of our mates. Welcome to the show, Connor. Ah, great to be here. I'm sure it is. <laughs> so I'm just going to give a quick uh, summary of what i seen today, and then I'll come to you first, Chris, and then on to Connor. So... As I put on Twitter, I thought the better team won the game. It was always going to be an uphill task for United, even with Casemiro, was he, was he obviously wasn't available. Um, I'm, a, I'm slightly disappointed with Ten Hag because he didn't go for it at 2-2 by bringing on Garnacho. Lots of fans have been saying that. Um, we just sat off them in the last 20 minutes, invited them on, and that was always going to be dangerous. Uh, I thought Saka destroyed Shaw today. Shaw showed him far too much respect, backing off and backing off and allowed him to get into a shoot, shooting position. I thought Ericsson should have been subbed off for Fred whenever Fred came on, because Ericsson, <clears throat> when you're playing a high-intensity game, Ericsson is going to tire after about 60 minutes. Um, and Basically, to, to summarise, what we saw today was a team in a top of the league against a team who's fourth in the league, and that, that was the game that we witnessed. Um, so how did you see it, Chris? Yeah, pretty much the same, Kyle. I don't think United played particularly badly as such. You know, we weren't we weren't awful, and obviously the score reflects that. You know, we had a few chances ourselves and got a couple of goals. But um, yeah, it was hard to really argue the result at the end of it all. I think Arsenal were the better team, and you know, keep feeling like and Connor laughing him saying this. You know, all season when Arsenal be playing well, you think they're going to do an Arsenal and it's all going to go wrong. But I think this is the strongest I've seen them now for a few years. Where actually. You know, I feel like they are a genuinely strong team and, and their league position reflects that. So, yeah, I think it was a tough game. You're right, we missed Casemiro for obvious reasons. You know, he's just got that quality and reads the game so well. Um, and defensively, you know, you looked and thought we could have done better. But, I mean, Arsenal played well. The players played well. And, yeah, they probably deserved it. So, probably a fair result, unfortunately. <clears throat> yeah, I thought Arsenal were definitely the better team. They had the majority of the chances on the possession. Um, so, can't really have any complaints. Just the, our only complaints really are you know, substitutions by Ten Hag and tactical decisions by Ten Hag today. And not that I'm having to go with him. I, th- I think United are going in the right place under Ten Hag. But today, just a couple of things he got wrong, in my opinion. So, Connor, how pleased are you with Arsenal's performance today? Yeah, I mean, obviously over the moon, like, but you know, I'm still pretty much coming down from it because I honestly thought I was going to have a heart attack in the last five minutes of that match from everything that was happening. It was just. The last kind of 25, 30 minutes, just basically after Martinez equalised, um, I expected a United kind of onslaught almost, um, a couple of changes. And I, I was getting frustrated with Arteta, as I sometimes do, that he doesn't kind of take a chance and make a couple of changes. He's kind of happy to stick with the 11 that have, that have got him there. And um, it was good to see Trossard come on. He didn't, he didn't exactly... Uh, do nothing when he came on. You know, he did have an impact. He passed to um, Sinchenko, who set up the goal, but um, he looked pretty good in the wee cameo. Like, but yeah, when it went 2 2, I, st- I was worried because I just thought this is United are kind of 
they're getting back to old school United, you know, they get a bit of momentum when their backs are against the wall, you know, and a game like that where it's end to end, you can't call it, you know, it's always kind of favoured United, that style, those kind of games. But with this Arteta team, what would have been, what even back in the Wenger days or, or Emery, you know, you could have easily seen United go and win that three, four or two, no problem. Like, but he's got the team just, there's just a, I don't know, so like a togetherness and a kind of, well, you know, even when it went 1-0, you know, you're like, God's sake, you know, 1-0, great goal by Rashford, absolutely brilliant finish. And, but it's, all of a sudden, you know, the fans are just chanting Arsenal, you know, they're not, they don't, doesn't disturb them, you know, they just get back into the way of play and that's another thing, they don't deviate from the way of playing, almost like City in a way, and it can be frustrating sometimes when you're playing against a, a low block, like, you're not saying United played that whole game, certainly, but you know, especially in the Newcastle game, it gets very frustrating. You're just like, I wish we had a plan B. But they keep it at, they kept at it, and I was starting to get a bit kind of like, oh, we're not going to get the third here. But then, you know, and then the VAR as well at the end. It was just, it was a brilliant match. It was in the end. You know, I've seen people online saying, you know, it was back to the kind of heyday. In certain aspects, I suppose it was. There was some fl challenges flying in and stuff, but there's still nowhere near the amount of animosity that happened in the past and stuff like that and the quality of football in terms yeah i would agree with it that way but i still think we're a long way off the the bitterness and the rivalry that existed you know 10 15 years ago but as a match it's got to be the game of the season so far you know um, and obviously great to come out and win inside like you know yeah it was definitely a great advert for the premier league but um yeah i don't think we'll ever see the the keenan vera days ever again that was totally unique and you know that's sort of that wouldn't be tolerated anymore you know the the challenges by gary neville and antonio reyes you just wouldn't see that anymore it'd be it'd be a straight red i mean i would have i would have been very happy to have seen someone take out fernandez like but i just don't think the arsenal players are well maybe Xhaka, but apart <laughs> Xhaka, from Xhaka, probably, i don't yeah. think I don't think there's really any dirty players in the team. And, and I'd probably say the same about United, actually. You know, McTominay maybe capable of a, a wee nasty challenge here and there. But the game was played in a good spirit. And like you said at the beginning of the pod there, Carl, you know, um, it was good that there was no kind of controversy or, or, you know, sometimes a game can be marred by a bad decision or, you know, uh, you know, handball or a foul or that should have been a red card, but I can't think of any decisions the referee got wrong. You know, there was no controversial kind of decisions that I can think of. I mean, can you? Nothing massive. Uh, just the Eddie and Katia goal, the, the officials seemed to check, was he offside? But they didn't check, mm. was Sinchenko offside in the build-up? His, his definitely looked tight now. When I have to admit, um, we were talking during the game over WhatsApp and whatever, and I think I texted you as soon as the goal went in. I was like, that looked offside. So I wasn't celebrating like until the VAR said, you know, Sinchenko, his foot did look marginal, like, and Caddy is well on. But um, yeah, it claimed, Sky at the time claimed that they were looking at both decisions. But again, as a viewer, you know, we don't know anything until the decision's made. You know, it's a great disadvantage in terms of VAR that we're not more. Um, informed i suppose and then you think about the people in the stadium they had absolutely no idea what was happening until the decision on the screen i think so that's, that's, it's got to be it's got to be changed i think in terms of the communication you know 
I agree. I saw the post-match interview, actually, there. I don't know if you guys saw it with the Saka and Nketiah. And I think Nketiah yeah. himself actually wasn't sure if he was definitely on. I mean, uh, you know, it happened so quick, you just do it. And it was funny. And then Saka, very quickly, <coughs> you could tell, had a bit, has a bit more media experience. It quickly yeah. corrected him and sort of said, oh, no, you're definitely on. You're definitely on. You know, kind of playing the party line. But in fairness, you know, I think it, it was probably a fair decision. Um, in terms of Inkeria, but you're right. Um, maybe Zinchenko was more was more the issue. <clears throat> but I totally agree with you, Connor. It it is frustrating. Um, again, we always kind of like compare all the time to rugby, and you know you you don't like to make that comparison. But you, in a rugby match, I always feel with the TMO and, and the ref mic'd up and all, you feel like you know exactly what's going on in the, even the discussions. So it does feel you're a wee bit more out of the loop with VAR. So it would be nice, definitely. I think to be a wee bit more clued into the decision making kind of process. But but yeah. It probably was a maybe fur at the end of it all anyway, but yeah. Yeah, we um, got one we got a bit of luck against City, but against Palace and and today it, it didn't the luck with the officials didn't go with us. But I thought it was even worse than Wednesday night. It was Connor even said it himself, it was a clear penalty, the foul on McTominay in the in the Palace game. And somehow I think that was that was clear as day, that decision. Like it was a really bad decision. Yeah, I mean, because I think it's hard way because us because he now set with in quotes and a high bar, where the the VR doesn't get involved unless it's like a hundred percent an error by the referee, and, mm. and now we're just just basically back unless it's an offside decision. Now we're back to VR not even being used yeah. in most cases. It's ridiculous. Hard way never does give never did give us a sniff that he like. <laughs> uh, the irony isn't lost there. Um, yeah, <laughs> one thing I kind of picked up on, I, I wanted to kind of get your opinion on because a lot it's in the modern way now, especially coaches like you know Cruyff kind of uh, disciples like Guardiola and I'm sure Ten Hag as well. There's the playing out from the back now. Obviously, under when Arteta started, we were really, really bad at it. I can remember so many occasions losing the ball outside the 18 yard box and either leading to a really good chance or a goal. And they've kind of worked on it. Obviously, they've brought in certain players that are adept to doing it. And Ramsdale has improved with his delivery and stuff. He's still not perfect, makes some mistakes. What happened in the game today? I think you know it shows you the Hayes deficiencies and with his feet. And I seen news were linked during the week with uh, Raya from Brentford. Um, what are your thoughts on finally replacing the big man in between the sticks? Well, there definitely were issues today with the gear and his and his distribution. Um, I think he even play, he played one Basaka into trouble for the first goal. Um, and Mamasaka lost the ball under pressure, and then it ended up in the back of the net. Uh, eventually, um, yeah, and to get even, I think he launched the ball into the stands at one stage to get. Um, we got a big <coughs> target man now. He should be going going long. Uh, I thought he had a good game actually. The guy up front, I thought he played well, just doing doing the normal things well. You know, holding <laughs> the ball up, creating play at the top of the field without looking yeah. really like a goal threat. But you know. Yeah, he's done that in both games. He's good link play. He's working really hard, but uh, he's not been much of a goal threat. But uh, I think he, he's doing all right. Yeah, you can't you can't expect him to to set the world alight when he's at he's at Burnley last season and he was he's he's playing in the the, the Turkish Super League. So mm. you know, if he gets a few goals, any goal he gets is a bonus. But yeah, he's doing he's doing all right so far. Can't blame him for it today. Um, yeah, I think what we witnessed today was. Arteta is three and a half years into the process. Ten Hag is only six months in. You know, he's only made five signings or, or six if you include, include the loan signing. So, you know, Arteta's had a lot longer to build this team. Um, and that's what we've seen. 
where where Arsenal are now is where we want to be in one or two years, and hopefully we will be. I still think we're going in the right direction. It's just that Arsenal are, are further along in the process. And Arsenal, so I just want to get your opinion on Connor. Do you think that with the fact that you've still got to play City twice, do you think you can win the league now? Have you got the belief? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I really, I can't. I can't say for sure. I really can't because. It seems like every month that goes by, you see something like, well, this is going to be the month where something happens. And then, you know, I remember back to November and I looked at the fixers myself <clears throat> and everyone, you know, the kind of public opinion was like, these are really hard fixtures. You're going to slip up a couple of times. And I think the 1-4 drew one or maybe the 1-5, it was included beating Liverpool and and uh, Spurs and stuff. But like, um, that's, I mean, <laughs> you know, beating Liverpool at the minute at home isn't really that impressive when you get and you see what's turned out to happen with them but yeah so every month goes by those two city games are still they're they're always they're just there in people's heads and um, i think it's good that the first one's at home because they might if they go in that game even with a five point gap i mean it could be eight points um you know uh and they manage to beat city then i i just cannot see them dropping 11 points i just can't not the way they're playing. It would take a monumental drop in performance and a few bad injuries and just basically bad luck, I think, to, to fall from that kind of deficit. But, I mean, if they go into the City game and it's only a couple of points and then City get a result, you know, it's all the, you know, it's anyone's then. I mean, and then even people are saying about United being too far off. I still, I don't know about that because, you know, the way the fixtures are coming, and who's playing who when and stuff like that. Like you look at City's fixtures as well. They've got some tough games to come as well. They've got to go away to Spurs. And you say what you want about Spurs the other night. And it was very Spursy. They've still got to go there. Spurs are dying for a big result. Conte will have them well up for that game. I guarantee it. And I don't think that's a, you know, but then again, has Guardiola's wee speech the other night? You know, has that got them, have they got their mojo back? I don't know. So, I mean, I don't know. It would be amazing, but my goal, my goal, but my thought at the start of the season was Champions League would be amazing. I mean, we were so far off at most of last season and then blew it right at the end. A lot of people had us finishing fifth or sixth this year, you know, not even in the conversation for the top four, let alone the title. Like, so the transformation, the signings have been great. Um, I think another year playing the style, getting used to the way playing, just the pressing game the energy that it get, you know but what got tells me they'll fall short i think they'll probably just just fall short maybe said he went up by two or three points or something like but second would be an amazing result if they can throw in a cup all all's the better like but if they were to win the league it would just be it would be i don't know if it'd be up there with leicester but if, it wouldn't be far off when you think about where they came from like you know. mm-hmm. Yeah, the two City games are massive because I think City will go top if they won both of those games. Um, true City fan who's in the chat here says Arsenal need to be drug tested. <laughs> I think he's saying that with tongue, tongue in cheek. <laughs> well, Arsenal have a game in hand over City and they're five points ahead at present. They win their game in hand, that's eight points. So they can still lose two games to City, but then they would need to pretty much win every game. City aren't guaranteed to win every game for the remainder of the season. At all, but I get you know it's Absolutely just so tight, not. you know. 
Arsenal have been so consistent. I mean, the only game they've lost is Teenage at Old Trafford. That's remarkable, considering we're now on the at the twenty second of January. Or albeit we lost six weeks to the World Cup. But yeah, United obviously conceded three goals today. Um, they lost the game. So obviously, despite the fact that Rashford and Martinez were fantastic, there was a few bad performances in there. Um, so Chris, who do you blame for the defeat? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a hard one. I mean, the first goal, um, you have to look, or or maybe it was the second goal, um, the first goal I think it was where uh, the cross comes in, um, and the header at the back post. I mean, um, Wambasaka, absolute schoolboy defending that he didn't see the guy coming in behind him. Actually, he knows he's there, um, and he's marking him the whole time, and then he just he just the ball comes in, and he literally just watches the ball dip over the back of his head and, and the guy comes in and nods it in. I mean, that's absolutely schoolboy defendants, which is really disappointing from um, Wambasaka and the guys in the panel and Sky Sports were saying, as they pointed out, is that, you know, he doesn't offer much going forward, so we always say, but yeah, at least he can defend. Um, but actually, that is is allegedly the stronger part of his game, let him down for that, so it's hard to look past him for the blame on, on that one. Um, Saka's goal, where he, he curls it in, at first, when I first saw it, I thought he's he's quite far out. Um, De Gea should do better. But then when I looked at it from the other angle, as I sort of thought maybe it was a case anyway, he was kind of unsighted, and I think it might have even take a slight deflection. So he kind of probably not much he could do. Um, Ericsson, as you I think we were texting him, what's that guy? You said he's not a central defensive midfielder, so um, he probably you would like anybody to have maybe got a wee touch on the ball there. But I mean. Look, he's not a def- he's not a defensive midfielder. Saka's a good attacker, and you know he just has a wee bit too much pace for him. And he gets around him, and like I say, the head's unsighted, so you, you can't say it's any more than than probably a really good goal. Um, but yeah, you know maybe if Casemiro or somebody was in there, somebody more defensively minded, they might have got a block on it or something. But yeah, like I say, I don't think United played particularly badly. I don't think we we defended poorly. We didn't, you know. Yeah, I think. Um, Arsenal did have what twenty five or something chances, but not that many on target really. So I don't think we were being destroyed by any means, but just wee small moments. And as you know, in big games like that, when Arsenal are in such good form, it's the small moments that change games at that level. And you have to be on it, concentrated one hundred percent the whole time. And small slips like Wambasaka made can cost you the game. So yeah, probably some kind of individual individual errors probably let us down a wee bit. Yeah, I think Ten Hag said as much in his post-match analysis um, that the decision-making cost us and it's very, it's very fine margins in games like these and they made bad decisions. But I thought the two full-backs were particularly bad. Um, the McTominay is just not Casemiro. I mean, Arsenal were passing through us too easily. There's probably at least some of those Arsenal attacks that Casemiro would have, you know, he reads the game well, he would have you know, made interceptions, he would have made tackles. But... Uh, McTominay was totally anonymous. I, mean, I think I can remember making one tackle and the second ball just went to, straight to an Arsenal player. Yeah, that reminds me of something. Arsenal must have won every single second ball, every single third ball. It's just one of those games that United just never seemed to win those things. You know, if you want to beat Arsenal at the Emirates, you need to win second balls. Did that really frustrate you as well, Chris? Yeah, it did, Kyle. It, it, and it, it's, it tells you a bit about desire, doesn't it? You know, and again, I don't, you know, it's funny, Connery, you were saying there about the intensity and both guys saying intensity is never, probably never, ever going to be the same as it was in the Keenan Vera days. You know, those days when you nearly would have broke your leg to get to get the ball or to make an interception. And you do, you feel like those days are kind of gone. It's almost like the modern game is a wee bit nicer. And 
people you know don't absolutely bust themselves um but in games like that whenever it is so tight you know you need to just be a wee bit more up for it and sometimes that that can be the difference so given that you know united you would have hoped would have been a bit more up for it and like you say kyle would have been first of those second balls and had a wee bit more hunger um so yeah it is disappointing but again on the whole i don't think we played badly but um yeah you know given that it was going to be a tough game Maybe that wee bit of desire could have been a difference. So yeah, it's definitely frustrating whenever when you don't see that when you know the needed kind of thing. Well, I'm going to both ask you for your opinions on Anthony. I find it very talented guy, but very frustrating there. Very one-footed, bit of a showboater, been a major disappointment. You could argue that he hasn't had a good game at all. He had he scored five goals, but those five goals have masked his poor performances in those games. And I think he's been poor in every other game. Today, he wasn't impressed by him. Okay, he worked really hard. I think he made a vital tackle at one point in the first half. But I just, I just, I've never seen a, a more one-footed player in all my life. So I'll come to you first, Chris. What, what, do, you, what do you make of Anthony so far? I, I feel like Anthony, it's a maturity thing or something. I feel like he does silly things, you know, kind of stupid things, you know, like you know, showboating and stuff. That It's almost like he's not really, like, I don't know, as if he's just not, like, mentally understanding what, what it is that he kind of needs to do or what's good and what's bad. And I remember whenever he signed or just before he signed, he talked about Ten Hag and how much he liked Ten Hag. And he, and he said that when he when he came to Ajax at Ten Hag at the start, he thought was being hard on him. And then he very quickly realised <clears> that actually Ten Hag was giving him good advice and that it was really helping him. And I kind of, when I saw him at United, I was expecting a wee bit more of a kind of mature um player because of those those kind of the statements that he'd made but I'm, I'm looking now and thinking the same thing is is kind of all over again it's almost like he's come to a new league and he he's almost like you know maybe it's not in the league but it just whatever it stays it is he's at his career i feel like he still has a lot to learn maturity wise and things like that and i feel like ten hag is as he has been uh, sometimes it hooked him for doing silly things and i feel like He's going to have to just keep on learning and Ten Hag's is going to have to keep on top of him. And there's definitely a player in there. He's got ability. There's no two ways about that. But I think, like you say, he is a bit one-footed, um, but he's quite raw and he, and he does silly things. And I feel like, yeah, he's he's got a, a bit of a long way to go. But I mean, I think there's potential. Being positive, I think there's there's potential. But I think he's pretty pretty rough at this kind of point. So, Connor, do you think United could have signed someone better than Anthony? Or do you think he'll, he'll come good eventually? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, he's looked good in glimpses. I mean, he scored that great goal in his debut against us. Um, but he kind of reminds me a wee bit, and you'll probably hate me for saying this, of Nicola Pepe. Um, both <laughs> absurdly left-footed, uh, massive price tags, huge pressure on them to perform instantly. I think he's always, I do think he is a better player by miles than Pepe, like, you know, but um, just the way they're playing at the minute, both, you know, I don't know. It, maybe it's the league, maybe the tactics i don't know but yeah like you said he seems to be a bit of a one-trick pony or certainly a one-footed pony anyway um i don't know if a position change might might shake things up but you can't displace rashford from that other other wing like he's just too good at the, in that position and i don't see him as number 10 and i definitely don't see him playing through the middle so i guess the right is the only place he's going to play but i don't think he might have a ready-made replacement for him really like you know they've got that wee lad uh, garnacho but i think he's better on the other wing maybe as well but um so yeah the jury's out maybe his first season you give him a bye ball like you know i mean if he's still not performing 
into the middle of next season, you might need to kind of cut your losses, and it's a big loss because of his price tag. But thinking back to when he's got him and all, um, was there a better option? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, you could have probably could have got another player for cheaper, you know, um, maybe even from the Premier League, maybe from Brighton or someone like that. I don't know, but you know. Then for United, it's huge pressure. Like, you know, he comes from Ajax, who are a massive club and all, but, you know, they're winning the league every year. They're the counter, you know what I mean? Coming to the United side, you're very much rebuilding. Um, You know, it's going to be tough to hit the ground running, you know. Um, Massive pressure, but he does, he has talent. You can see it's obvious he's a talented guy, but I think Chris is ready. He needs to kind of just put his head down, quit the, the tricks and all this here rubbish and and just focus on working hard and if he doesn't get the goals and assists and all at least just work hard for the team and track back you know stuff like that work for the team you know even player like Saka who's you know arguably being player of the season you know I remember when he started in the team it wasn't instant you know his goals and assists ratio wasn't great like um but he always worked hard and he always looked to be a threat you know and I think Anthony's definitely capable of being a really good player at United, I'm not so sure though. I mean, he could be go somewhere else and be out unbelievable. But I just think the size of the club and he might just be one of those players. It's like if I'm at Ajax, I'm a, I, I'm a world beater. But you you put me at United, and with the the pressure and the kind of ex- expectations of playing for a club that size, and you know a United winger, you know ideally back in the day, like the best United wingers or attacking midfielders. So we're getting 10 to 15 goals a season, between 5 and 10 assists a season, no, without even breaking a sweat. That's what's required, If I think, if United are to get back to the promised land type thing. They need goal-scoring wingers as well. as I mean, you can't just... I mean, Rashford was the best player for United today by a country mile. Even yeah, every time he got in the ball, I was just worried. He got outside the 18-yard box, he got in the ball, and even when Tommy asked, I think if Ben White had stayed on, he would have been sent off. Definitely, no doubt. I, that's. I mean, it's very unlikely Arteta takes someone off half time unless they're injured. And maybe I don't know. Haven't seen the news after the match. Maybe he does have a slight knock. I don't think he did. I think that yellow card in the first half made Arteta's mind up. He's like, I've got to get Tommy Asi on, who's more of a, more, maybe more of a traditional right back. He's taller and as well, which helped. And Rashford's had him on toast as well for a lot of occasions in that second half. Every time he got the ball, and the other side of the pitch with Anthony, there just wasn't that threat. It just, and you know, Sinchenko's a good left back, but it's you know half the time he's in midfield. You know what I mean? I mean, if you looked at Sinchenko in that game, like he spent most of it drifting in the midfield, as is Arteta's way. You know, he he wants his left backs to drift into the center to create chaos. But Rashford, yeah, I mean, if you can get on someone of equal kind of ability on the other side, I think teams are in trouble like because once you get your number nine which eventually i don't know if you remember but i've been ever since years ago i always used to say to you guys harry kane will end up a united player and i still i'm sticking to it eventually he will be wearing red and playing at old trafford i've said it for years the best strikers in england always play for united or not always but you look at your Rooney and even going back to dwight york and cole and sharing him and you know English talent or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, I can see Kane if they don't finish Champions League. This, I think, these will be in for him in the summer. And him and Rashford in the same team, that's going to be big problems next year if that happens. Definitely. And if Anthony gets better, Jesus, 
yeah. So give him a bit of time, but you know, jury's out very much. The jury's out on him. Yeah, I think it has to work out because uh, uh, the manager insisted on signing Anthony, and we spent eighty-five million pounds. So the manager will be heavily criticised if it doesn't work out. Um, but another option we have, which the manager didn't use until the ninety-third minute, was Garnacho. And I know, you know, he plays in a different wing, but you could you could easily try out <coughs> Garnacho on the right. He's, he, I think he's a, at the moment he's a better player than what Anthony is. So Chris, were you a bit frustrated that uh, Garnacho didn't come on a bit earlier or even started the game? Yeah, I, I like Garnacho, Kyle. I think you know that. I talk, I talk about him a lot. Um, yeah, I think he's a he's a top class young player. Um, I saw him in I think it was the city game. Um, the other week there, and he came on a bit late. And uh, at first I thought, oh, you know, he's looking like he might not have an impact here. You know, m- maybe maybe he's not quite ready for that absolute top level. And then he turned around, and I think he he, he got an assist, and um, and I thought, or uh, he, he played a, a great ball across the box, and thought, nah, do you know what? This guy is comfortable at this level, a hundred percent, no issues whatsoever. So, yeah, I I could have seen him starting, and maybe it's for the reason that Connor gave there, you know, that he he would, you would like to have him down that left hand side, and, and obviously Rashford is kind of good down there at the minute, and he and you can't not see past Rashford at all because he's playing so well. So maybe that was the only reason. Maybe if. Maybe Ten Hag thought that, um, yeah, Anthony was more of a threat coming in, curling the ball with, him with his left foot off that right-hand side. So maybe that was the only thing that went against him. But in every other way, shape or form, yeah, I think Garnacho is probably a better player. And I'm talking what I was eulogising a minute ago about maturity. I see that maturity in Garnacho. I see the good the good decision-making. Like, he knows what to do when he gets the ball. He's... It's not a head down like Anthony can be and run with it. You know, you know he, he he's aware where people are in positions and things. So, so actually, yeah, and to all intents and purposes, I probably would have been happier to see him start. And and like you said, Kyle, um, he should probably have come on a bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, I try not to, to criticize Ten Hag too much because I really like him. I have a lot of faith in him. Um, but yeah, when you're when you're when you're two two each and you're thinking, you know, we want to go on and kind of win this here. Um, Anthony probably wasn't doing it. Yeah, I think. He could have brought Garnacho on, um, but at that point, but yeah, um, he obviously didn't, and it didn't didn't quite work out. And he himself might reflect on that, but yeah, yeah Garnacho's a good player. Yep, yeah, I'd, I'd have been glad to see him to see him on the pitch. Hey. Okay, another thing we need to come to is that at, at left back recently, uh, Terrell Malassi has been playing a lot of games. Shaw has been playing centre back quite a bit tonight against uh, Bakri Saka. Um, Ten Hag said to go with the more offensive left back rather than the, the the one who's better at defending and it didn't work out uh, Saka had Shaw on toast Shaw showed him far too much respect you know backing off and backing off and allowing Saka to get closer to the goal um, should Malassia maybe have played this game he definitely w- not saying that like he would have done better against Saka but he certainly would have got closer to him and, and made it more difficult for him I know Saka is a world class player but do you think Shaw's defensive frailties were were basically let out in front of everyone today. He he, he wasn't good, was he? He could make the case that Malassia should have started. So, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, it's like I said about um about Saka's goal um with uh, Ericsson not getting close enough to him. I think whenever you've got a player who who can score from out there like that, um you know you know some players that Shaw likes to back off a lot. He kind of does that. That's one of his flaws, in my opinion. But that's okay if you know you're trying to read the ball or you're trying to intercept a pass and you don't need to put a tackle in or if or if the guy can't shoot from from distance you're going well the keeper's probably going to get it and and maybe that was 
the thinking, you know, the faith in, in De Gea. But, um, but yeah, a player like Shaw backing off against a player like Saka who can score from distance, it's always going to be a recipe for disaster for, for that reason. So, yeah, I think you're right. Kyle, you know, Malassia likes to put the boot in a bit more. He's a bit, a bit more aggressive. Not that Shaw isn't aggressive. Shaw is aggressive, but Shaw's style is just, you know, kind of trying to nip the ball away and kind of um, almost look like he's not trying sometimes. And I think, yeah, I guess a player like uh, Saka is probably, probably not a good thing. So, yeah, I can, see, I can see how you can make that case. I think I think that's probably fair. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised that we didn't go with four midfielders like we did against City and just play two attackers and make be solid, you know, be hard to break down. He went with the three midfielders, left, right out, and played you new know, three across the front. I thought that was a bit risky, and it was, you know, it, it didn't give us enough protection. I don't think, especially with the uh, Casemiro missing. But uh, yeah, should have, would have, could have. You know, we, the team made slight errors. The manager made a, a few errors, and it's it's fine margins in games like these, and we lost, but we deserved to lose. Washington was a better team, but uh, just to come to a couple of comments there. Um, Rock Rule uh, says we can't afford for Rashford uh, to have back pain again from carrying us every game. This club needs more investment. Yeah, Rashford not only was, was such an accident goal, and we haven't even talked about that yet. He, he, he had Thomas Party on toast, and then he just let a rocket into the, the bottom corner. Um, and then he did another. There was a save that uh, Ramsdale had to make in the second half, where I think yeah. Rashford went round a few defenders, and it was, the shot was deflected. Yeah, it was a great yeah. save. I actually thought it was going to bobble in, so <laughs> I'm glad it went, it went wide. Like, but uh, yeah, Rashford just such a handful. Like you can tell he's back to his best. Um, finish was unbelievable. Just like absolute rocket into the bottom corner, unsavable really. I mean, don't uh, blame Ramsdale at all for that one. Um, the second goal, like Ramsdale, I think. You could argue he's at fault a wee bit. He should be punching the ball rather than trying to catch it. Great finish from Martinez. A little real great improvisation, you know. Um, yeah, uh, Rashford is. I mean, United aren't a one-player team by any by any stretch of the imagination. But their best players, if you take Rashford out of the equation, their best players seem to be defensive players: Varane, Martinez, De Gea, uh, Casemiro. You think about the the attacking players. Garnacho looks. A real prospect, but he's not getting game time enough. Game time, Anthony. We've talked about Marshall's always injured. Uh, who else is there? Um, found the season. Sancho, I don't what has happened to him. Is he, is he away to some intensive training camp to lose a couple of pounds? I don't know, but he could be a different player when he comes back. You know, it, it, it's not unheard of. You know, it's happened in Arsenal as well. Players have went a long stretch without having any game time work on their game went to you know hit the gym done whatever works for them come back and being a completely different player you know i don't my suspicions are he didn't really buy into the way tin high was playing or he ill-disciplined or maybe didn't work as hard and he's tin hags maybe said him right taking you out of the spotlight for a while go and train do this sort your injuries out whatever you know problems you may be having and it'd be i'm really interested to see what he's going to be like in the second half of the season if he starts getting games, especially with Anthony being a bit, that could definitely be an option. I know Sancho likes to play on the other side, like Rashford too, cut in, but he's more than adept, he's more than adept to playing the right wing too, you know, and just you know, so it's interesting. But in terms of the offensive players, it's only really Rashford that you can say has consistently been good. 
especially in the last few months. Like you look at that forward front four for Arsenal. You know, especially Jesus comes out and you're like, Enkedi mm, might grab a goal here and there, but where we might be in big trouble here. Seven goals in seven games, you know, consistently played really well today. Great, great finish for the second goal as well. Um, Saka, you don't need to say anything about. And Martinelli, I think, is arguably being the worst of the four. If you, the fourth being uh, Odegaard, who's just, I, I don't have enough superlatives for Odegaard. Like there was a wee passage to play in the first half or second half, second half. He did the he did this wee pass through to Xhaka and um I think did Martinez come in and, and tackle him before he could shoot, but it was like he moved the yeah. ball onto his left foot and just did this one touch pass, just wee touches like that. He's just the Rolls Royce of a midfielder, like and Martinelli, I think it's arguable you could argue maybe he might need a couple of games out of the team because he is great, he, he tries and he works really hard. But he's kind of people have got him sussed out now a wee bit. He always cuts back, goes to the byline, tries to cross his left, or he'll try to cut in and have a shot. But I, he he wasn't that effective today, like in my opinion. But um, maybe that's just complimenting uh, the United defense. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Sancho come back for sure. Uh, you know, if he if they can get anything close to the Dortmund Sancho. That's going to be like a new signing for these guys, um, definitely. Also, we need because, as you say, Rashford needs some help up there. He seems to be running the show on his own. You know, Anthony is is not doing it. Um, Whitecourt should just come in. We can't expect big things from him. Um, Bruno scored a couple of goals lately, but he, he's he's not been in the same form that he was when he first came to the club. Um, and Martial's always injured, so yeah, Rashford's kind of on his own at the minute. He's but he's he's so confident now. He's just I think he's. This is the best he's ever been. He, he's 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 been compared to him Mbappe, and, and some of that praise has been ridiculous. But at the moment, you know, it's not so laughable. And um, if he keeps this up, then he really will be as good as Mbappe. You want to come in on this? Well, person? he's he's just explosive. You know, it's just anytime he gets the ball, it's just straight towards goal, shooting accuracy. The thing before, uh, uh, yeah, the thing I was going to say, just one wee quick thing on Rashford was. I think what impressed most people, even non-United fans, is Ten Hag is a disciplinarian, obviously. Gets cut out of the team for the first half of the game against... Who was it that he didn't start against? Oh, Wolves. Wolves. Yeah. Doesn't sulk, doesn't moan, doesn't throw a fucking hissy fit, you know, like someone like Aubameyang might have done, you know, back in the day for Arsenal. Arteta is similar disciplinarian, you know, but he comes on. Um, did he score the winner in that game or did he score he did, first goal yeah, in that game? Did. Yeah. Great, you know, professional, you know, you know, the other players should take an example out of Rashford's book, you know, and maybe step it up a bit because he could have easily, you know, threw a hissy fit, had a sulk, started underperforming again or whatever, you know. But he comes on, he scores consistently good, you know. I feel like the thing about Rashford is it, it, it is that mentality. It's almost like he, he competes with himself. Do you know what I mean? And a bit like the, the good the good side of Cristiano Ronaldo, but the bad side of Cristiano Ronaldo is that he thinks that everybody else should kind of worship him. Whereas Rashford clearly doesn't. You know, he's got that attitude where he's like, I have to perform at my best. And if I don't, I'm not happy with myself. And I think he can accept then if the manager feels the same way because he himself doesn't feel happy. Just the, when you're talking about the superlatives there, watching um, some of his play tonight, 
and his explosiveness. I know you're going to laugh at this comparison, but it reminded me of actually Brazilian Ronaldo at his best, where he's just, he, nobody can touch him. Even if you get near him, he's like shrugs them off. We've got that pace, that, that power and the finishing. I mean, I know that is a massive, massive superlative, not saying he's anywhere near that level on a, on a weekly basis, but some of the things that he's been doing at the minute are in that kind of ballpark. Um, he, he, uh, he's brilliant at the minute, so hopefully, hopefully he keeps it up. Yeah, he's been a revelation because last season he looked as if he was on the way out. You know, his form was awful. He looked like he wasn't even trying. He'd been linked with PSG, and it just wasn't happening for him. He'd been out in form for a long time, but you know, credit to Ten Hag and the player himself for turning around. So, j- just uh, come to the comments again. There, Lucky Singh, clearly not a fan of the Glazers. I don't think anyone is, um, he, he, and he doesn't want to see any more American businessmen taking over the club and I can understand that but that's a conversation for another day certainly we we'll, might do a show in the midweek about that but um, just coming on the United player ratings then as we always do there'll be, there'll be lots of ups and downs here um, De Gea probably a five to be honest with you um, the distribution was terrible um, and did you that what really annoyed me the most about De Gea was the when Arsenal putting us under pressure at the end he he punched a, 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 a ball that he should have caught and, he, and and led to more pressure. I don't know why he didn't didn't catch that ball. It was strange. Um, but, yeah, so only a five for him. One, the two fullbacks, one Saka and Shaw, weren't very good. I think Shaw was even worse. Um, he got a torrid time from Saka. So one Saka, probably a four, and Shaw a three. Um, Martinez is excellent. A brilliant goal. So brave for that goal as well. As I know... Some people might not appreciate the comparison, but John Terry would have done that, you know, mm-hmm. putting his head where people would put their feet, not even closing his eyes e- either. Um, yeah, so he gets extra marks. Made... He gets extra marks for the retro eighties headband as well. I was gonna say, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes yeah, it look hard. Uh, it was an elbow from a Crystal Palace player uh, during the week that led to that. But yeah, and he made some many last challenges as well. So. Definitely a, a seven for him. Varane, you know, probably probably a six. You know, considering we conceded three goals, um, definitely you could argue that he could have could have helped prevent one or two of them. Not probably not his best day, but he has been excellent. So just a six for Varane. Eriksson, I think he was just getting over Varane. He looked tired. He didn't close Saka down for that goal. Um, and I think there was another effort at Saka. I think he hit the post and. He turned Ericsson there as well. He just asked him to do a job that he's not, it's not his natural position, no CDM. Ericsson's a number 10. You know, as well as he's done in certain games in that position, that's, that's, he does well in either dominant possession against, you know, lower quality opposition. But in the big games, he can't play Ericsson in that position because he doesn't have the stamina for it. So Ericsson probably only a. Probably only a four. Um, McTominay probably a four. Just, just, just on the basis that he's not Casemiro, <laughs> he just doesn't have his ability of you know being able to read the game uh, and you know his tackling ability and the passing range that Casemiro has, which is excellent. McTominay, which is anonymous today, really. Um, so just uh, a four for him. Fernandez, I think as always, he's a bit up and down, isn't he? He does a lot of good stuff uh, and does. I mean, baffles you at times as well, but uh, so probably a five for him. Anthony, a four. I know he made a, 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 brilliant, a brilliant track back well at one point and probably prevented a chance for Arsenal, but just frustrating again, you know, very one footed. Um, 
easy easier to defend against for that reason and not making good decisions. Um, and he's a bit of a one-track pony. Always cutting in and looking to shoot on his on his left foot. But yeah, I don't think he was good. Um, so probably a four for him. Uh, Rashford, excellent. Apart from the brilliant goal, he also like we just mentioned ten minutes ago that run where he took it around for Arsenal defenders and then. Ramsey had to make the save from the deflected shot. And yeah, he was always a danger. Um, I think, yeah, I think Ben White was substituted because he was on a yellow and he's going to be playing for 45 minutes on a yellow against Rashford. That, that was a recipe for disaster. So it was smart management by Ortada. So probably a nine for Rashford. And Whitehurst, yeah, good, like, like we said earlier, good link up play, worked really hard. Um, just just not a, a threat in front of goal at the moment, but hopefully that will come. So probably a seven for him. Um, and the sub, you know, Fred came on with twenty minutes to go, and can't, so well, didn't really. Some of his passing was a bit off. I noticed, but can't really give him a rating. He wasn't on long enough, and Ganacho certainly wasn't on long enough, which to my frustration. Um, and Ten Hag because of the the, the substitutions. Uh, and the tactical decisions, I would probably only give him a four as well, unfortunately. But yeah, I am happy with Chin Hag overall. Um, so yeah, um, Arsenal win the game, deservedly so. They're flying high, United. Just they're they're a top four team. They're just not quite title challengers at the moment, and it was fanciful even talking about that. So I didn't think I thought we'd lose today, um, but it is still disappointing to lose in that manner the way we did right at the end. Um, but we were asking for it. We are inviting Arsenal on to us. There was too much pressure. You can't hold out against a team like that for 20-odd for minutes. Um, so, yeah, I can't, I can't be too disappointed. We just need to go back to the drawing board now and get into the the, the League Cup final and try to win a trophy. If we finish top four, win a trophy, that's an excellent season. Given where we were last season, last season was a, was a disaster. and we're, It felt like there was a lot of rotten apples in the dressing room. A lot of people didn't want to be there. The, the two managers last season were simply not good enough. I think Ranić was even worse than Solskjaer. So Ten Hag has turned things around very quickly. So, yeah, hopefully we can get into that League Cup. I think somebody asked earlier, I think it was Rock Rose, do you think United can win a trophy this season? I think so, absolutely. Because none of the traditional big teams are left in the League Cup. We're in the semi-finals. Newcastle's still there, obviously. So, Chris, do you think United have got a great chance now of picking up the, the League Cup with Forrest in the semis and potentially Newcastle or Southampton in the final? 100% Kyle, yep, you just said it there and I totally agree, yeah, I don't see any reason why not, um, you know we, we've showed that, yeah in, in even in the bigger games, like against City there, we, we can turn up and we can get a we can get a result, so yeah, I think that given the teams that are left in it, like you say, um, Forrest, you'd like to think we can win that game and Newcastle um, are doing well, obviously this season but I don't see any reason why on a day we can't, we couldn't, we couldn't get past them and the same for Southampton, so yeah I agree with you, Kyle. You know, things are so far, so bad for so long. And as United fans, I guess we're, we're spoiled a wee bit over the years just to success and things are going well now. People starting to talk about, oh, maybe this is our year again. And yeah, like you said, it was probably a bit premature to be talking about that. But I do think we're good enough to win win a trophy. If we want a trophy and finish in the top four, I think that'd have to go down as, as a really good season. And big time progress compared to where we'd been. So, yep, I would take that and be more than happy. Um, so yep, fingers crossed we can we can get something. Um, yep, from 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 the from the cup games. So Connor, I know you're a big fan of La Liga and United are playing Barcelona in the Europa League coming up in, in next month. How do you see that one going? Do you think United can beat Barcelona, or do you think Ooh. Barcelona will be favourites? I 
think before a ball before a ball is kicked, Barca will be the favourites. But I haven't watched a lot of them this season. But when I have watched them, they're very, very up and down. They've got a huge squad to choose from. Some amazing players, but some that blow very hot and cold as well. I think it'll all come down to the fitness of Lewandowski. Um, and just, yeah, the fact that you think you're playing them at Old Trafford in the second leg. That's right. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, if he's going to New Camp and get a get a draw or even lose 1-0 or something, you know, I fully expect you to get the result of Old Trafford and go through. But they, they're still capable of blowing teams away. You know, they, they destroyed Real Madrid the other day in the Spanish Super Cup. Um, Lewandowski, when he plays, they're a different side altogether. That midfield is going to be their midfield for the next 10, 12, 15 years if they're going to keep those players. You know, Pedri and, and Javi um, are unbelievable players. Um, you know, they've still got a couple of old hands there, like Busquets and stuff, but Ansu Fadi, uh, Dembele, you know, unbelievable squad. Like, so, but. I don't know, Javi, I don't the top of La Liga, but you know, very inconsistent. I don't think La Liga is what is what it used to be. You know, still think Madrid are capable of going and win Champions League and stuff like that because they're just Madrid. But um from what I've seen of La Liga this season and specifically Barcelona, I wouldn't be too put off if I was a United fan. I think you're definitely more than capable of beating them over two legs, unless you know you go to New Camp, just have an off night and ship three or four, but I can't see it happening, not with this manager. I just can't, you know, I don't see, now you can say the one game this season where they really got a bit of a spanking was the, the City game, but even then he scored three goals against them. Um, games like that happen, you know what I mean? Um, I just think Ten Hag's too canny, and especially every week there's progress. You can see it happening. And recent last two games, there's been wee mini blips, but, you know, it's to be expected. Like you said, he's only in the job six months. I mean, I think the progress that Ten Hag has made in the six months that he's had the job is far more than Arteta's done with Arsenal. Now, he won the FA Cup, but I think he, when he joined Arsenal, they were in the, if not the semi-finals, certainly the quarter-finals. So he, he, I think he beat City in the semi-final, okay, but it's a one-off game, you know. But I think in the six months, Ten Hag, the, the change in the dressing room, the change in the style of play, the discipline, you know, getting the noise back, getting the passion back and stuff. I think he's done more in his six months, possibly, than Arteta had done in his six months. You could argue Arteta had a bigger re rebuilding job to do. I mean, I seen a thing the other day, Arsenal squad whenever Arteta's first game. I think there's maybe three players and remain at the club, not even on the bench anymore. Like he, That's how many he's got rid of. So, uh, you know, your Aubameyangs, your whatever. Um, so, yeah, but in terms of Barca, if I had to, if I had to put my neck out, I think United will do it over two legs, just about. I think it'll be one of those second legs where Old Trafford's rocking. You might be having to come back from a small deficit from the new camp, and I just think he'll do it. Whether or not you'll win the Europa League, a different question i mean who's to say you don't meet us at some point again then that would be tasty but um yeah i i, I do i think you'll beat them over two legs well i hope you're right um you can only imagine the reception that casemiro is going to get at the, the camp now 
<laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. he'd care though. I don't think he'd care. He'll just yeah. hold he'll hold his hand up like that. You know, that's what Barca fan that's what Barca guys love to do. They love the five fingers, you know, the five nil like, <laughs> yeah. stands for something different for him, though, doesn't it? You know, just yeah. Um yeah, so, yeah. yeah, he's yeah, he's won more European Cups than United, which, and so is Varane. It's staggering, really. <laughs> it's just, it's, it is insane. It's, it is ridiculous. And like, I love the call. I love the comment that the Casemiro made whenever he first came to United. A journalist asked him and said, "So, how do you feel about coming to Manchester United and not having Champions League football?" And he says, "I don't care. I've won it five times." <laughs> it's good to have a break. We we better change. Exactly, bit of variety in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, um, I want challenge yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. It's been too easy at Madrid. <coughs> and, yeah, he's he's captain material, and it, uh, that's what's been missing as well. With so many players now who are arguably good captain material, which we never had, you know, since Fergie retired. You could argue there's been so few of them. I mean, mm. so many of them now. You could say Ferran, Martinez, Casemiro, and Bruno. There's so many potential captains there that that, that didn't exist. You know, for most of the post Ferguson era. So that's another. Can I ask you guys a question? As United fans, and be honest, this is okay. just from an Arsenal point of respect. If you came up against Bruno Fernandez as in an opposition team, would you think he's as hateful as I do, or geez, are he's going to defend them to the hilt? And don't don't be like you know tell tell the truth. Like if he wasn't a United player, would you see why people think he is a bit of a? No, know, I understand what you mean. Guy. Yeah, but I think every every club has the that. Thing type of player where opposition fans love to hate and you love him when he's on your side I yeah. think uh, uh, he says Xhaka at Arsenal is probably maybe a bit like that well the thing about Xhaka is a year ago the you know, Arsenal fans felt the same as the opposition fans they wanted him out so <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's the fact that uh, Arteta is that slight tactical switch where parties fit so Xhaka plays a little further advanced and it's you can see this year he's been just unbelievable but Fernandez, I mean that's not don't get me wrong like the unbelievable player like in terms of technical ability and passing and shooting and positioning and and his passion like you said great great could be a great captain as well like or you know is a great captain but um yeah as an opposition fan geez god he's, he's, not he's hard to like like you know <laughs> yeah yeah Sorry, he's not a dirty player. You know, he's not the kind of player. He's not a thug. I don't think he's just no. petulant. He's he's like petulant and irritating. He's very he's very vocal. Yeah, he's vocal and he's annoying, yeah. like, and he's a wee bit gamesmanship. But you know, he's not hateful. He's not like a he's not dirty. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, the issue for me, if I'm being critical of him, is constantly in the referee's face, constantly in the referee's ear. Even that annoys me as a United fan. And the simu- and the simulation at times is just embarrassing. It's a bit like Arsley Young. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not great. But I think most clubs have a player or several players which opposition fans love to hate. I mean, you could you could you could pick them at any club. Um, you could say Liverpool. There's so many. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not being biased. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I, mean, I, I guess with Arsenal, obviously there's Shaka. I think Ramsdale's fast becoming an, an opposition hatred figure. You know, especially because he he invites it. But I, I love well, that about him. You know, he's got a better mouth about him, like you know. Oh, I will, you know, that's real, real <laughs> hard guy coming down, kicking some guy in the back, like yeah, you know. Pretty but clear, then, like, it was yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Though every club needs them, don't they? I think, I think for City, probably Jack Grealish, maybe one of those players who <sighs> people love. To... You no, know, you know who my City one is, Rodri. 
I I cannot. Yeah. And it, it goes back to whenever they scored the last minute winner last season. We completely outplayed them. And then got and Jacker got sent off as usual, and um, they it was just backs to the wall stuff for the last 20, 30 minutes, and then they scored in stoppage time. And he went, he ran straight up to the Arsenal fans and was doing all that there. And you're just like, <laughs> uh, and he, he does wee slight hackles here and there that are actually a bit dirty, you know. Yeah. Fernandinho was another example. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fernand, yeah. He dirty. Pretty, he's pretty easy to hit. He was great. He was dirty. Like, yeah. Do you think yeah. there is anything to be said for early on the match, the the coming together between Gabriel and Fernandez? Did you see anything in that at all? The wee kick out? I think Fernandez kind of went to kick him and then thought twice about it and it was kind of like a half bit. kick wasn't it it wasn't enough really yeah. but he changed his mind halfway through yeah just wee um, decisions like that that i think he's capable of that might come back to haunt them some in some games you know yeah he certainly got a bit of a bit of a temper about him uh, in his new very intense character but mm. yeah i can fully understand why opposition fans don't like him but I, like i said at liverpool there's so many of them robertson being the obvious one right away <laughs> Well, I, I I I quite like Robertson. I don't care these Liverpool guys. He's a hips fan as well, like so. Um, yeah, I quite like him. <laughs> and you could Darwin Nunes. You know, I mean, what was oh, it? He's just a, what a, he's he's a, a prick, blue, isn't he? He's a blue, yeah. like he's a blue. He's sure, his wasn't him in his first game. Where right? that he could sent off his first game, where he be sent it. What are you doing? You complete idiot. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> Not much between the one for me for actually this season in terms of Liverpool links in terms of players or whatever. I don't even think it's the players. I think it's Klopp. He's a he's really really getting on my nerves now. And he came out yesterday. I don't know if any seen the quote. He said they asked him about being a thousands game, and no need at all for him to say this. But he comes out with, well. You know, we we only drew nil nil. I'll take that. You know, Fenger thousand game. They got beat six nil. Like, why is he saying that? <laughs> what's like, that got to do with anything? Like, what's, that's just a low blow, like. Yeah, it's just silly. Well, you think you, you know you know you know what I'm gonna say, but the the manager that annoys me the most is I know you're you're gonna hit this Connor by several times is Guardiola. Okay. It, Guard, oh, Guardiola. No Guardiola. Oh, God, he winds me right up. Yeah. He is the most huffy. Yeah. Gurney yeah. man that I on TV. He just he is just always ready to get annoyed at somebody for something, and I just want to tell him to just. And, and at, at the moment, it's his own players. <laughs> uh, it just um, he's such a sore. Yeah. I mean, I know you said it's saying, show me a, a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. I get it, you know, man. You don't want a manager to be a, be a good loser, but he's so petulant and like he's just always ready to have a moan. He just yeah, he just wakes me up. Yeah, just imagine Arteta there. Now, he's the Arsenal man that is irritating the opposition. And he, he's absolutely insane. I mean, the way he gets on yeah, the touchline, I've never seen anything is, like it. He's animated, like. Well, to say the least, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, even I, as a fan, like, he, he does have to cool it down. Like, I mean, it's not on running up the fourth officials over nothing. I mean, the thing he did, he got the yellow card for earlier was ridiculous. I mean, why is he doing that? It wasn't. It was a foul. Yes, it was a foul. It wasn't a dirty foul. It wasn't. Yeah, he was barely just... a foul. And uh, he's running down the fourth official, going, you know, that's the third time. For the yellow. Can't be. Can't be. You know, condoning that at all. Like, I mean, as a coach, Lua, you know, I love listening to him. His tactical side of him and stuff like that, and I do like that he's animated, but he's got to cut that nonsense out because. You know, at some point he will get sent off, and deservedly so. You know, but. Um, in the Newcastle game, he was going berserk. I, I've never seen anything quite like that. Did you, I think it was in the you yeah. didn't get a decision your way in the <laughs> in the late stages of the game, and he was going bananas. He was 
I know I've seen animated managers, but Arteta from minute one to minute ninety, he's just going crazy in every game. Uh, just, he, he's he's, he's going to have a stroke. Yeah, he's basically saying to himself, right, I've basically got like a 10-year career or because if I get past the age of 50 and I'm still doing this, I'll be in the ground. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's got to calm down. Like, uh, um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that about uh, sums it up. Um, yeah, Arsenal deserve it winners. Um, United, clearly, they came close today, uh, which is, I suppose you can take that as a positive, that United gave Arsenal a good game, considering Arsenal yeah. are, are top of the league and, and quite a distance ahead of United. So, um, yeah, I think the only difference is, like I said earlier, you know, Arteta is a few years into his project, whereas Ten Hag is only getting started. And and like you said, Connor Ten Hag is probably six months in, Ahead of schedule and doing better definitely. than what Arteta was doing after six months. So yeah, that absolutely. Well. Big, big job. Okay. It was a big rebuild, just like Arsenal. Like you need to get the bad characters out of the club. You get the worst players out of the club. You need the right signings, the right attitude, the right discipline. And you can't just. Everyone was expecting Ten Hag. I was probably one of them. I was expecting Ten Hag to come in and after two games to be playing like Ajax. You know this silky. But I, if I remember correctly, the first games were very pragmatic. They were very kind of like one nils and, you know, don't concede and did a, to sign more players. And then you get the right team in, you start to play, you know, the type of football you know we wanted to play, like possession-based, kind of easy on the eye. And it has been that. It's been, you've been much better to watch in the last few months yeah. um, since he started implementing the whole this whole plan. Like So I definitely think United will win a trophy this season. It'll be one of the cups, one of the domestic cups, and as I said earlier, I just I, I think Arsenal will be pipped to the title. So I think he's actually win more silverware than Arsenal this year. But um, we'll we'll certainly finish above you in the league, I would say. Like, but um, who's to know? Yeah, it's hard to call. It's very hard to call. Just about Ten Hag. Um, I I you're right. What you say, Connor? I I, I talked to Kyle about this before in the podcast. I watched like a documentary about him. Um, just as he came to United and he said exactly what you said there. You know, he talked about the way his philosophy, so to speak, and his possession-based football. And and somebody had said to him, you know, when you come into a club then, do you just try to implement that? And he said, well, I do, but exactly what you said. He says, but but I'm not stupid. I know that you have to have the right players to do that. So my, my, my first is is get the most out of what I've got and then build, you know, towards what I want. So, yeah, I think you're right. I, I Even at that, I didn't think he would, he would get as much out of what he has so quickly and, and, and obviously signings have helped that. But I think the fact that he's identified those signings so fast, he's identified the big weak areas of weakness and, and the big problems and you know and, and got them out, you know, like said dropping like Maguire and just saying he's a problem, he has to go out of the team, get somebody in that I trust, get them in now, and that's it. So you know he's he's plugging the, the kind of the, the, the big holes already and then obviously yeah. then in the future you'd hope that he, he's gonna build something. Um but yeah no I mean I'm I'm well yeah. impressed with him. I definitely are. So, yeah. The most impressive thing of all, arguably, apart from the results um, and the quick turnaround of form and the way Rashford's playing, is the way he dealt with Ronaldo. I thought he did. He handled that up to you superbly. 100%, 100%. Never mind Maguire, Ronaldo, exactly. Yeah. Biggest problem of all. Absolutely. And he showed the, he wasn't terrified of the words, you know, a guy who's won, what, six ball doors or something. He wasn't terrified of him, was he? He put him in his place. Yeah. Um, and even without that, even if that interview had never happened, I still think he'd be, he would have got rid of him in January anyway, regardless of the controversy of the interview and stuff Definitely. like that. I think he would have got rid of him. If he hadn't got rid of him in January, he certainly wouldn't be playing him. He would have just I mean, 
Latimer on his contract or whatever. In, but yeah. in fairness, Connor, the reason why Ronaldo did what he did is because he knew that that's what Ten Hag was pushing him to, and then he he just jumped before he was you know he was pushed out himself. I think he knew, he knew that's how it was going. So yeah, he, he, like, he wanted to make it look like uh, Ronaldo wanted to make it look like it's his it was his call to leave and all that. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, when really Ten Hag was just kind of almost kind of provoking him by you know constantly leaving him out of the team, bringing him on for wee cameo appearances and. And then remember when he was going to bring him on for three minutes against Spurs and Ronaldo left the stadium in a huff before the game ended. That was Ten Hag probably winding him up, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, probably. Carpletter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> was right. It worked. <laughs> so we'll leave it there for today. If everyone could please uh, comment your thoughts down below, smash the like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you like our podcast. Um, so thanks for coming on again, Chris. Cool. Good to be here as always, Kyle. Good to be on with Connor. Something, something different, but a crack. All good. If we play no, Arsenal in Europa League, I'll certainly have you back on. Oh yeah, I say live live pod during the match. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could be tasty, yeah, live Connor. That could be tasty. <laughs> no bother. Okay, Thanks. guys. I'll see you there. Take, care. see Take you guys. it easy. Take care. Good luck. Bye.